0: Father, I thank you, Abba. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you have a heart for us. (laughs) You did not leave us abandoned in a pit. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we put on the helmet of salvation, knowing that our souls are being saved. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that you are our righteousness. We guard ourselves up with truth. Oh, Lord, take us out of the deception from the enemy, all his lies. We prepare our feet with the gospel, the good news that we stand firm and steady and solid on your word. Lord, we take up the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart. And Lord, we take up the sword of the spirit, the very word of God. Lord, we yield to you right now. Renew our souls renew our minds strengthen our spirits we bless you lord and we give you all the glory in jesus name amen amen all right all right so today we're going to talk a little bit about gratitude deuteronomy twenty-eight forty-seven says serve the lord your god with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude for abundance of all with which he had blessed you so when we serve the Lord as we go about our days, we want to invoke, we want to exercise, we want to be sure that we have gratitude operating in us at all times. Attitude determines altitude. So we want an attitude of gratitude. Amen? Amen? So that we, want to, we want to conform, transform, shift our soul into this gratitude. So when you get up in the morning, the first thing that comes out your mouth is thank you or bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Amen. That's the first thing that should come out your mouth. Authentic gratitude, living authentically. How grateful are you for for who God has created you to be? Now, this is where we do a little soul sifting because a lot of us are not really thankful. Thankful. For what God has created in us, we might be critical. We might think, "Well, you know, I wish I had—I um, wish I had longer hair, or I wish I—you know." We have to stop all the complaining that we do in our mind about ourselves. I wish I could figure this out. I can never get that right. I don't know why I can't do that. Why is this so hard for me? See, God created us to have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Everything is there. Amen? So we've got to exercise gratitude. Amen? Because that invokes the blessing. How grateful are you for your own unique combination of strengths, abilities, special gifts, which enable you to stay true to your calling? So so a lot of people have gifts, And they have abilities, but they have them, you know, like under a bushel. You remember that little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But, you know, we have our little lights under bushels because we think, oh, nobody would want to hear me sing (laughs) or, or, you know, whatever it is. We we put ourselves down. We put our abilities down, our abilities. We put our uh, talents down. We put what makes us unique down. Because we think, oh, you know, I don't want to. But you know what? I It's like this. If you like, if you, the Lord put the gift of singing in you and you like to sing, sing in the grocery store. Sing in tongues. Sing. And it'll bless somebody. Somebody's liable to go, pardon me, I couldn't overhelp but hear you sing. And you that just blessed me. Whatever it is, whatever it is that God's given you, let's start to appreciate it and be grateful. Amen. For our skills, our talents, the things that God created that made us special, that made us unique. Amen. And we want to be we want to be grateful for everything, even the rough spots, even the tough spots, having a gratitude attitude like, you know, I thank God that I went through this, even though at the time it might have been like the hardest thing I've ever gone through. But I thank God because you know what? I can see how God has used it. Or I can pull out the good amongst the bad. Amen? So that gratitude, there is always, let me just say this, that it doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're up against, what challenge you're going through. There is always something that you can be thankful for. Amen? All right, so look for where you can be grateful. Colossians 4, 24. Be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer, being both alert and intent in your praying with thanksgiving. Okay, so, and I'll I'll go ahead and read this. This is in another version. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us, but that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ even while I'm locked up in this jail that was Paul he was he was locked up in a jail he was in like uh things and chains and stuff in a place where there were probably rats crawling and sewage and i mean it was probably the nastiest place but you know what he's telling he's encouraging others stay alert hey with your eyes wide open Look for the blessing. Look for what's to be grateful. And I'll tell you another thing. You remember how we talked about how the blessing is always coming and going. There's always a movement. Amen. There's good things and there's bad things, but things are always moving. But if you aren't looking for it, you will miss your blessing. If you get up in the morning and you spend your day complaining or you get really focused because somebody cut you off in traffic and blah, 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 you, you know, you start focusing on something negative. You are entering the kingdom of darkness and you will not be able to see what's happening in the kingdom of light. The blessing might be going right by you. You could be all upset in traffic because uh, uh, somebody cut you off and then, all you know, and if But if you aren't saying, thank you, Jesus, bless that person, love that person today, then you turn to the right and you see Gene Hall. (laughs) And you're like, oh, well, that is a blessing. I just saw my apostle. (laughs) Amen? It's hot in here, Charlene. I'm like sweating. I don't know if I'm okay. So we want to keep our eyes open, okay? But you got to stay in the attitude of gratitude amen, because when you do that, then you're, then the blessings aren't going to go by you, and you, and you miss them, you're going to see them, I've had people tell me, I saw you on the road, and I honked, and honked, and honked, but you were in some other world, you didn't see me at all, and it's like, (laughs) but you know, so we want to keep our eyes open, we want to stay alert, God, show me what I can be thankful for in this situation, amen, so stay alert with your eyes wide open, open in gratitude, so you can't outbless God. Did you know that? Just as just as you can't outbless God, you can never thank Him enough. You begin thanking Him, and guess what? All of a sudden, you become totally aware how much He's blessing you, and the blessings just keep coming. And it's like the more you thank him, well, you can't out bless him. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to try to out bless you today. And you can't do it. Because the more you bless him, the more it comes back on you. Isn't that neat? That's like the um, a, a super supernatural, wonderful thing, a gift. Amen. So we can never thank him enough, ever. We can't out bless him. This is a quote by, by uh, Mr. Henry Ward. Beecher, and it says the unthankful heart discovers no mercies, but the thankful heart sweep through the day, and as a magnet finds the iron, so it will find in every hour some heavenly blessing. Amen? Isn't that so true? So an unthankful heart does not find or see any mercies. What, what does that tell us? Mercy has to be in operation. Amen. For us to remain in gratitude, sometimes we've got it we've got to have mercy, the Lord's mercy. Amen. Amen. Here's another one. This is by some Greek guy. He was a philosopher. I, I like to find other things that kind of go along with uh it says, He is a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not, but rejoices for those which he has. How simple is that? But so true. Amen. Wealth consists, this is the same guy, wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. In other words, you're satisfied. There's a scripture that says godly contentment is great gain. Not just a little gain, godly contentment, well, that's a little bit of gain. No, it's great gain. A godly contentment. What is that? That's like you are content because God has blessed you. He has supplied all your needs. You are grateful. You are in thankfulness and gratitude and, and thinking and counting your blessings. You remember that song we used to sing? Count your blessings. Na-na, name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Amen. Amen. So we need to get up in the morning sometimes and just sing that little song. Amen. And start counting and see if we can outcount God. Amen. That's what we want to do. God, and here's another quote he had. I thought this was pretty cool. He said, God has entrusted me with myself. Well, OK, God did. He's like, OK, I'm giving you a soul and you have a will and I'm going to trust that you're going to find your way back to me. I've opened the door, I've paved the way, I've given the light, but you've got to make a choice. Amen? And hey, You've got to make a choice with your will to put Jesus first, to, to let him be the love of your life. Amen? In every day, everything, every way. Amen? And God trusts you to do that. Amen? And the more God can trust you to see the blessing, and to be thankful with gratitude the more he's going to give you. Amen? Here's another one by that same dude. He says, uh, I can't say his name. Man is affected not by events, but by the view he has taken of them. I mean, that's just so much in a nutshell right th- there. It's it's all about perspective. You know? Either the glass is half full or it's half empty. And every cloud has a silver lining. Look for it. The view he takes of them. Amen. Here's one by, this is John F. Kennedy. As we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to, act, to live by them. Amen. A lot of people talk, do a lot of talk, but do you live by them? Amen. I thought that was pretty cool. So this is from a guy named Riven, and he said, The Lord compensates the faithful for every loss. That which is taken away from those who love the Lord will be added unto them in his own way. While it may not come at the time we desire, the faithful will know that every tear today will eventually be returned a hundredfold with tears of rejoicing and gratitude. And that's something I can remember uh, times in my life where I just cried. I had a lot to cry and weep over, and I was just, you know, my perspective was pretty negative, (laughs) and I was seeing a lot of things to cry over. And I remember that someone once said, they told me that, I don't know if they heard it or they saw it in heaven, but they said that they saw in heaven uh, like this run, it looked like an airport runway, and it had these little blue beacon jars down a runway. And somebody said, what are those? He said, those are the tears of my saints, and I've collected every one of them, and they come up before me as a memorial. He never forgets one tear that has been shed. Amen, and when, it, when it's all said and done, it does turn into a hundredfold rejoicing, Amen, because even when we go through a trial and our souls have gone through so much stuff, we look back and say, "Thank you God, because my eyes were open, because uh, revelation came i i became I, I became so tormented that I got rescued. inside, amen, because it was either that or die, amen, thank God you backed me up against a wall with nowhere to go, thank you God that I had to activate my faith, thank you God that I had to depend on you with everything, that you know, that I've got, that I had to totally rely on you, isn't that a blessed place, oh, it's an awesome place, so it does come back A hundredfold of tears of rejoicing and gratitude. Amen. So the trial that you're going through today, the tears that you're shedding today, just know, begin to thank God. Write your four-part letter. Hey, it's going to happen. Begin to thank God. I've got a hundredfold for every tear and joy and gratitude coming. Amen. Amen. Blessing is on the way. Gratitude opens the gates to heaven. Psalms 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And then in Psalms 105, one, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Okay. So you know what? Gratitude, thanksgiving, praise, worship opens the heavens all through the Bible, you know Jesus, when he broke the bread to feed the five thousand, it said he looked up into heaven and He gave thanks. He was always thanking God ahead of time because he knew what was going to happen ahead of time. He knew the miracles, amen, and he gave thanks with his whole heart before the before that miracle ever manifested, before that anybody saw anything with their eyes, before they ate all that miracle loaf of uh, loaves and fishes. He gave thanks. Amen? He was always giving thanks. And that opens the heavens. It opens the way. It opens the way for you to see the blessing. It opens the way for you not to miss it. It opens the miraculous. When we do that, it when we enter those gates with thanksgiving, we are entering into his courts. We are entering into his, his domain, his dominion, the third heaven. Amen. That's where we want to go. Gratitude, Psalms 118.1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have everything that we need in the spirit in Christ amen we are not lacking anything amen first thessalonians 5:17 pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you that's god's will we have a will but we got to line our will up with god's will and he says Give thanks in every circumstance. Amen? Amen. Practice gratitude. What are five strengths, abilities, or talents that the Lord has given you that you are grateful to him about? So think right now and write down five things that you are grateful about yourself, that you are unique about something that God has given you List five opportunities or outcomes that you have not experienced that you can in, in advance now. Building your faith, be grateful for. So the, this is something you might want to do when you're after you do this exercise. Then you might want to attempt to write your four-paragraph letter. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know this class is one that. What you put into it is what you, you're going to get out of it. If you don't put into it, if you don't do the exercises, you won't get anything out of that. But if you do it, it's powerful. Amen? Amen. Amen. Did everybody get that assignment written? We're still writing? Okay. Okay. Five strengths, abilities, or talents, and five opportunities or outcomes that you have not yet experienced, but you can advance. In advance, give thanks to the Lord for to be grateful. All right. Practice uh, gratitude too. Who are the people in your life now that you are especially grateful for? What can you do? to make it known to them how grateful you are and when will you do this. So I want you to think of the people in your life that you are truly grateful for and write their names down and then write down a plan of what you can do to let them know that and how and when you're going to do it. It, there's, There's no number. All right? And then how much time do you invest Praising and thanking God, focusing on on all the good gifts and blessings that he has bestowed versus the time you spend on focusing on all that is wrong or not what you imagine it should be. So this is a personal question for you to analyze, become aware in your thought life, how much of your time is are you focusing on things that are not the way they should be or how you don't want them to be versus thinking and being grateful for what God is doing and what he's going to do? Okay. All right. Grateful, grace, faith, and love. First Timothy one twelve says, I'm so grateful to Christ Jesus for making me adequate to do this work. He went out on a limb, you know, entrusting me with this ministry. (laughs) That's how I feel. God, you went out on a limb. The only credentials I brought to it were invective and witch hunts and arrogance. But I was treated mercifully because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I was doing it against. Grace mixed with faith and love poured over me and into me and all because of Jesus. Amen. So, we want to be grateful and know that the Lord is trusting us, and He is merciful in training us and teaching us, and we don't want to be too hard on ourselves. There's these kinds of thoughts going on in the back of their head, and it might even come out their mouth. It might say, like... Um, Well, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find myself. I really don't know who I am. I I don't know what I want. I don't know where I'm going. And isn't that true? I mean, even if you feel like you know all these things and you're solid, you're going to run into people every day who this is what's going on in their mind. They don't know who they are they don't they're trying to find themselves they don't know what they want and they don't know where they're going amen so we need to learn about identity crisis cuz most people are, are out there in identity crisis you have like you know 50 year old men uh dump their their wife and marry some young girl and get sports cars and they, and people say well they're going through some sort of identity crisis or mid-age crisis you know, because they're like they're beginning to realize, hey, my life is going on the back end; I, it's it's running out, and I've still not done anything that I thought I should set set in my life. And they get caught up in in uh, being everything for everybody else or doing what's expected. Identity crisis. Did you get married hoping to find yourself, <laughs> Louisa's laughing. Did you go to college or gain a career or start a family all in hopes of somehow finding yourself, defining yourself? Who are you? Did you find yourself in all that, that you did? Have other people been telling you who you are all of your life? Other people are telling you who you are? Do you define yourself by your past mistakes? Do you define yourself by your roles and titles? Do you define yourself by your feelings? Hmm? I did too. I, I, I can still fall into that one. You know, my feelings. If I get my feelings hurt or something like that, you know, I start thinking going all down a negative path, thinking all kinds of negative stuff. Amen? Identity crisis, self-rejection. One of the greatest dangers in the spiritual life is self-rejection. To grow beyond self-rejection, we must have the courage to listen to the voice, God, the voice calling us God's beloved son and daughter and the t- determination always to live our lives according to this truth. Amen? Because I, I can tell you that, especially with souls that have gone through a lot of damage, we do a lot of self-rejection. A whole lot. Amen? But we've got to continually encourage and listen to the voice that God calls us, his beloved. Amen. Poor self-image, it it puts a yoke or a harness of slavery to your soul. Galatians 5.1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So, When we have a poor self-image or we are living by our feelings and we're seeing our world and ourselves and everybody in it by our feelings or whatever, we're in we're actually tying our soul to a yoke that's tied to lies. That Jean has that one vision with the yoke and how you got truth and lies tied to it. You're tied to two two different heavens. You got the truth. And then you got the lie in operation. So we want to be free and not be burdened and not be in bondage by this yoke of slavery. Amen. Self-rejection versus the beloved. Self-rejection is one of your greatest enemies in your spiritual life. It contradicts the whole idea of being beloved by God. Who are you? Who you are is the beloved of Christ. The Song of Solomon, the lover, is poetically depicted as Jesus himself, who is calling you his beloved, saying he wants to see your face, he wants to hear your voice, and he wants to run with you on the mountaintops. God wants you to stop hiding and come openly and boldly to him. That is what he went to the cross for and shed his blood. No more mask, no more pretending, and no more fear. Amen. One of your homework assignments is to go and read Song of Solomon and where it talks about the lover, that really is a story about Jesus Christ and his bride. And isn't that beautiful that he wants to see your face? He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to run to a mountaintop with him. Amen. You are the beloved of Christ. Amen. No more identity crisis. No more mask. No more pretending. No more fear. No more living for approval or of other people. No more trying to cover up the pain of the past. No more covering up buried feelings in your soul. No more basking in the applause or praise of other people because of some amazing achievements. Because some of us, you know, we don't feel worthy unless we're achieving all kinds of, like, great things. We don't feel loved. We don't feel worthy unless we're doing super things, going above and beyond. We push ourselves. Amen? But we we just need to settle in that it's because we're His beloved. Identity. Who does God say you are? Who did God create you to be? Ask Him to show you your identity in Him. When you have your identity in Him and you know it, You will have the courage to dare to live authentically. When you have your identity in him and you know it, you will have the courage to live an authentic, a real, a true life. Amen. Ask God to free you of the yokes of slavery in your mind. Start seeing yourself as God sees you, beautiful, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are, whose you are. You are his beloved. Amen. Song of Solomon, Jesus says that you have ravished his heart. Amen. We are just, I mean, you can just, we have a love affair with Christ amen and he has ravaged we have ravished his heart and he has ravished ours your identity and your success go hand in hand many people sacrifice their identities by not doing what they really want to do and that's why they're not successful that's Lila well so they're They're not doing what they really want, in other words, God gives you a god-given desire. There's an unction. The word says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I will give you the desires of your heart. You can look at that oh God's going to give me everything I want but the what another way to look at that is He will give me the desire that i that needs to be in my heart. For what he has created for me to do. So be open. Let him put his desire in you. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen? Amen. So we have God-given desires that he has placed. And... We want to be ignited. It's just like, and and you want to be open to it. It's just like, um, it's just like my husband thought his desire was um, blondes was sh- that were short and fat blondes. He thought that was his desire, but he was lis- listening to his soul, right? But the spirit put another desire. Amen. And he didn't even know it till till I showed up. <laughs> Far from blonde, short, and fat. Amen. <laughs> All right. Many people sacrifice their identities by not doing what they really want to do. So we want to know what God's desires are and let him put that desire in us. And then when we know that and we know our identity in Christ, we have the courage to go forward. Yeah. Amen. Identity, kingdom subjects. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You are kingdom sub- subjects. Not, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. We are kingdom subjects. Okay, what does that mean? That means what y- many of y'all said, I'm a child of the king. I belong in a kingdom. I belong to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Amen? That's who I am. I'm a child of the king. I am a child of the king of kings. There's not a king or kingdom that he's not above. Amen? So part of our identity is knowing who we are in Christ. We are a child. We are In the kingdom, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? We are aliens in this world. We are aliens in this world. Amen? Identity. Know that God has called you. This is one of the things you need to know about your identity. You need to know that God has called you. God created you. He designed you. He formed you. He called you. First Peter 2.10 said, Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. In the message text, it says, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. You are chosen to speak out for God. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Amen. So part of our identity is we are not our own. We, yes, the Lord has entrusted us with a will, but we need to give that back to him. We give ourselves back to him. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. We are not our own. We, we, uh, disvowed this earthly, uh, citizenship. Amen. We are now citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen identity heavenly dna with christ in you you have the dna of your abba father that's your heavenly father your divine self is the seed of greatness god puts on the inside of you it's a seed it's a divine seed that that chart over there shows the light of god coming in like a seed amen when you got born again, a seed, a light, a divine nature, part of de- your DNA was changed. You are not a regular, normal human being. You know, it's so neat because um, one time I was reading about the priestly, uh, when God uh, appointed Aaron and his sons to be priests of God. Do you know that when God spoke that, that they have a particular genetic gene that no other Jews have and they can actually identify now this day who is of the tribe, who is of that that lineage of Aaron because that particular gene for the priest was put in them with the spoken word of God, the spoken appointment. Now listen, We have got a particular gene called Jesus Christ in us now with the spoken word when we received him. Amen. That is implanted. That is imparted in us. We have it. Amen. Your divine self is the seed of greatness. That's a seed of great. You think about how great is Jesus Christ. They're still talking about him. <laughs> yeah. And listen, his name is so great that, you know, listen, nobody ever says, oh, Buddha, damn it. They want to use his name. They want to use God's name because the, it's like that's the name where the power is. They want to mock his name. They don't ever go, oh, uh, Mohammed, whatever. You know, like cursing with Muhammad's name or cursing with Buddha's name. No, Jesus Christ is the name, amen, that has the power. And even even the heathens want to get in on it. They can't help it. The divine self is a seed of greatness. The deposit God made when he formed Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have a hope of glory, and we can bring that glory onto the earth through us because we are the glorious sons and daughters of God. Amen. The hope of glory. It's a seed. It's powerful. Colossians 1 27, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is... Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, we have a divine seed in us. It is a mystery. It is something the world cannot understand. But we have the DNA of Christ, the resurrected Christ in us. Amen? That is a seed of greatness. Identity code. Embrace the glory that is within you. God hid the potential for greatness, success, and prosperity within your identity code. Much like a genetic code, your identity code is established at the moment of conception. It provides the schematics of how you are designed to function. Crack your identity code and the contours of your life will shift And your capacity to do great things will increase. Okay, meditate on scriptures about Christ in you, the hope of glory. When it says crack the identity code, that means unlock it, unpack it, investigate it, examine it, uh, meditate on it. Christ in you, what is that? Amen? Amen. And let him shape you and let him give you more capacity to do great things. Amen. Live out your God-created identity, constant and continual renewal of your spirit, your soul, and your mind. So we have to constantly renew this daily. We have to be aware of our identity, of Christ in us, you know, because you can go about Uh, you can go about hours of your day and not be aware of it. But you need to be aware all the time of Christ in you. Changing your beliefs about the capacity you carry for greatness. Okay, we've got to change our beliefs about our capacity. The past does not equal the future. Our capacity is in Him. And how great is that? Amen? We've got to change our inner image. God had no problems creating light, be. So when God went to create light, he said light, be. He had no problem in creating. What is our inner image? I know many of us say, I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter. I'm a princess. But do we really, have we unpacked the identity code of what's really in us? Have we really examined it? Now, changing the in- inner image. Let's talk about that inner image. And let's talk about our God and who he is and how he operates. God had no problems making changes that he wanted in the earth. God took an inner image. He all right, He had an inner image. Before he ever spoke light, he had an image. All right, he took an inner image. He added faith in the power of his words and instantly darkness was changed to light. Amen? Live out your God-created identity. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay? Our God-created identity. Principles of inner image. We are imitators of our Father. Ephesians 5, 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Don't you want somebody to say, like father, like daughter. She's just like her father. He's just like his father. But we're imitators of our heavenly father. Amen. In, in the uh, Amplified, it says, therefore be imitators of God, copy him, follow his example, as well beloved children imitate their father. If we are going to imitate our father, we are going to have to put the principle of the inner image to work as he did. All right. What's God up to? The inner image basis is the word of God. Okay, you can't just go about with any inner, inner image. You can't just go grab anything positive out of the sky. You've got to have the word of God as your basis. That's your basis for every image that you need to have in the inside of you. Amen? So not just positive thinking. You must use the word of God as your basis because that is the what is filled with God's power. Mixing the word with faith and speaking it. This is how daddy did it, little ones. This is how our daddy did it. Let there be light. What he spoke was directly related to his inner image. He used words to get that image from the inside to the outside. Amen. When you write your four-part paragraph and you, you let the Holy Spirit, your 4 paragraph letter you let the Holy Spirit guide you this will become a prophecy amen you meditate on that and you let the images come and you have the word of God backing it up like I did in my letter how I believe for this and according to this scripture according to that scripture and I put it all out there amen and it's creating an image in my being okay so, what he spoke was directly related to his inner image. He used words to get the image from the inside to the outside. Amen? This is being created now. Amen? Because it has its back by word. Words are powerful containers that carry faith and love or fear and hate. They, can, they are containers. Your words are a container. They have faith and love or they have fear and hate. Amen. This part of us is like God. We can choose to speak words. This part of us is like our Father. Amen. Observe the word. See the word. Okay, Joshua one eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success to observe means to see. If Joshua meditated on the word day and night, he would build an image of what the word was inside of him. Okay. So we're building an image of the word. Now, if we, have, if we have soul wounds and things that we're still processing, then we can see the Word go into that wound and change it. See the light of God go in. Let there be light. Go in, heal it, change it. Amen? To observe means to see. So if Joshua meditated on the Word day and night, he would build an image of that Word inside of him. Joshua needed that image, for he had to lead an entire nation and step into the shoes of a man who had literally been with God, talking about Moses. So he had to step in Moses' shoes. And he didn't see God. He didn't talk to God like Moses had the experiences. But God said, meditate on my word day and night, see, so that you will see, okay? Okay? As you meditate on the word, you've got your promises, you you see it. And that's the inner image. Amen. Not just self-image, image of the word of God, getting your inner image to line up with the word of God. John 1, 1 through 4, in the beginning, before all time, was the word. Christ, this is what's in us, the very living word. And the word was with God, and the word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and come into existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. Not one thing exists that didn't come into being because of the word. And that is what is in you. And the power of that is in you. All things were made and came into existence through him. Without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Amen. All things were made by the word of God. All things made by him. The word is God. All things made by the word. Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, they were fashioned, they were put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So everything that exists was formed by word. Everything that exists was not visible, amen, inner image, faith, Hebrews eleven one. now faith is the substance of things hoped for, hoped for, what is hope, hope is an image, you have a hope, you see something, it's an inner image, I hope this, I hope that, I have an inner image, amen, Faith is the substance of the thing. Faith is the substance. Faith is the material of that hope. Faith is the substance. It's the stuff of the image, the evidence of things not seen. God's words are not empty like men's, but they are packed with faith. God's faith is the energy in the word that gives it the power to bring itself to pass. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Amen. Identity. Just as God's faith energizes His words and causes what He speaks to come into being for Him, the faith that he has given you, mixed with his word, can create new realities in your life. You have a measure of faith as a part of your identity. You have a measure of faith. Romans twelve three, says, For I say, though, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. What is that? He said, hey, don't get all, you know, don't get all puffed up and think of yourself, but do think soberly. Think with truth. What is the truth? Think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That's the truth. You have it. You have the measure. Amen. You got everything you need. You have your whole destiny inside of you. With the Holy Spirit, your whole identity is in your genetic code, just like your DNA that that said that that she was going to have red hair and blue eyes. Her whole genetic code was there. Well, the same thing is in you spiritually through Jesus Christ. You have his code, his genetic makeup. Your whole spiritual identity is there. Amen? Identity. We are co laborers with Almighty God. Second Corinthians five seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's who we are. That's who we are. Who are we? Oh, I walk by faith. I don't walk by sight. That's who I am. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think like other men in this world. Amen. I walk by faith. I live by faith. That's who we are. Second Corinthians 4.18 While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're looking with spiritual eyes. Amen. We're not looking at the circumstances. We're not looking at the limitations. We're not looking at any of that. We're, look, we're looking with spiritual eyes. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord open your spiritual eyes, Amen? Amen. Sometimes you know we're like, Lord, open the heavens and let us see. Let you know, but you know we need to come to Him and say, Lord, open our eyes, like the He prayed, the Elijah prayed for the servant, or, or Elisha prayed, open his eyes that he might see. Amen. We live by spiritual things. You if you, you can see things in the spirit, temporal things like sickness, disease, poverty, they are subject to change. All that all that stuff circumstance all this stuff that, that's all subject to change. that can be changed in a moment, everything. The word is eternal, it is not subject to change. An inner image of the word of God spoken in faith will cause the natural or the temporal things to change, to match that inner image. So just like I had written out, I saw it, children worshiping, speaking in tongues, laying hands on each other, prophesying. I saw that in the spirit. It's going to happen. Amen? inner image of the Word of God. As you meditate on the Word, visualize the Word as paint and the Holy Spirit as the artist. As you read and meditate on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit takes the Word and paints an accurate picture of God on the canvas of your heart. Amen. Let the word do that. Let let him create the inner image, the hope. Let him create the desire. Amen? With that clear image inside of you, release your faith with your words, just as God did. That's just like your daddy. You can do it. That which is in you then becomes reality on the outside. Your faith produces the end result of God's desires. Isn't that awesome? There's a picture. I I picked it out because it had a lot of bright colors, but it looks kind of muted now. But think of an artist's palette. The Holy Spirit is the artist. The word of God is the paint. Let him paint the picture in your inner image. What word are you co-laboring with God? Well, I saw children worshiping God. What are you co-laboring as a citizen, as a subject of the kingdom of heaven? What are you doing in this nation that you are here as an ambassador? What are you co-laboring to produce? What images are going on? Are your images all self-centered? Only about your world, your problems? Or do you have the king's heart? The king has a heart for all people. Amen. Identity questions. What does greatness look like to you? You know what? To me, this is great. If I can believe for the children in this ministry, worshiping God, that is great. (laughs) What does greatness look like to you? if you were truly living as a king and priest, king and priest, or even simply as a new creation in Christ, how would that look? And how would that feel? How would you be different? Get a vision of your God-created identity and write down everything that you see. Crack your identity code. Amen, worship from your true identity john four twenty four God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. It's who you are created and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirit, their true selves in adoration. So we must worship him from spirit and truth and in our true identity. You are Christ's voice in the earth. You are his hands in the earth. You are his dancer in the earth that worships God Almighty from this earth. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his mouth. Worship him in spirit and in truth from your true identity in Christ. And I think that's it. Is that the last one? Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. The Lord help you crack your identity code of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And open your eyes to spiritual things. In Jesus' name, amen.